Hi, this is Dr. Alicia Armistead. Welcome to the podcast, Live Well, Eat Well, Be Well. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition for the last 15 years in New York City and Connecticut. And I wanted to talk to you today about the mind-body connection and neurologically how that happens through the heart. One of my all-time favorite quotes is, the longest distance you will ever travel is from your head to your heart. I think we can spend a lifetime trying to align what is in the heart with what is in our head and vice versa. I mean, how often do we fight ourselves? How often do we say, yo, we should do this, or maybe we should do that, or, oh, I don't really know what to do. Our heart says to follow our dreams when our head gives us a hundred different reasons why not to, with 95 of the reasons not even being our own, but what our mother says and what society says and what our friends say. We have so much garbage actually running through our head that it really takes a trained person to sift through what information is actually helpful and what information holds us back. You need to know that not all the information running through your head is a truth or even helpful. A lot of it is just programming that we got when we were younger that we need to actually unlearn as adults in order to be happy. There's a good book called Virus of the Mind that explains how much of our subconscious beliefs aren't even our own. And to really live the life we want, we need to stop feeding those subconscious beliefs that the author calls viruses, because they are contagious through media and through what we think other people want from us. I mean, that's why marketing is so successful. And not only do we need to sift through our thoughts and all the pre-programmed ideas in our head, but we also need to learn to listen to what's inside of us, listen to the heart and the information that the heart is trying to give us. It's more important than actually what's in the head. Yes, the heart should take precedence over the head. In fact, the heart starts beating in the unborn fetus before the brain has even developed. Scientifically, that tells you how important the heart is. And scientists don't even know to this day exactly what triggers the beating of the heart because we know it's not the brain. They use the word autorhythmic to indicate that the heartbeat is self-initiated from within the heart. While the source of the heartbeat is within the heart itself, the timing of the beat is thought to be controlled by the brain through the autonomic nervous system. But surprisingly, the heart doesn't need to be connected to the brain to keep beating because somebody can have a heart transplant and when they take the heart out, all those nerves are severed running from the brain to the heart. And surgeons, when they put the heart into the body, they don't know how to reconnect them. So the patient with a new heart keeps functioning without the heart-brain connection using the neurons. The new heart can be on its own without the nerves to the brain. And the reason heart transplants work is that they have found that the heart has its own nervous system. It has over 40,000 different nerve cells in the heart. And I mean, I think of this complex nervous system of the heart as 
the brain of the heart, the heart's inner brain sending information back to the brain and the head, creating a two-way communication between the heart and the brain on a physical level. And so when the brain communicates to the heart, the heart doesn't necessarily obey because research has found that when the heart communicates to the brain, the brain obeys, which makes me think that the heart is the one in control of the body, not the brain. You also need to know that the heartbeat is not just a mechanical throb, but an intelligent language that significantly influences how we perceive and react to the world. The HeartMath Institute has done a lot of research on this heart nervous system and on the heart-mind connection. And they see that intelligence and intuition are heightened when we learn to listen more deeply to our own heart. Negative emotions throw the nervous system out of balance, and it creates a heart rhythm that almost appears jagged and disoriented. They see that in a chronic state of nervous system and cardiovascular imbalance puts stress on the heart and other organs that can lead to serious health problems. And positive emotions are not just neutral, but actually increase order and balance in the nervous system and produce smooth and harmonious heartbeats. But harmonious heartbeats do more than just reduce stress. They actually enhance people's ability to clearly perceive the world around them. And it is with this principle that the HeartMath Institute has found ways to enable people to generate a state of inner balance and harmony at will with certain skill sets. The HeartMath Institute has 10 different techniques to help you retrain your system to operate in a state of greater harmony, just not physically, but also mentally and emotionally. It works because it's a process that teaches people how to gain access to the heart. The first step is to acknowledge that your heart intelligence and its importance for making choices, both big and small. The HeartMath Institute actually has a book and it's a great book to get into all the details of understanding the role that the heart plays in health, perception, and overall well-being. Developing a new respect for the heart and its influence over the rest of the body helps in using the rest of the tools. This first step involves feeling the difference between the head and the heart and observing how differently we perceive the world around us when we're in contact with the heart intelligence. The head, that is the brain or the mind, operates in a linear, logical manner that serves us well in many situations, but limits us in others. Sometimes we need more than just logic to solve a problem or get through an emotional issue. The heart's intelligence provides intuition, almost like a direct knowingness that's an essential aspect of how we operate in the world. When our heart's intelligence is engaged, our awareness is expanded beyond the linear thinking. In this way, our perception becomes more flexible, creative, and you can see more of the whole picture. 
For example, when two people are in love and out walking and get caught in a downpour, the rain is no big deal. It's just rain. They get wet, they go back home and dry themselves off. The rain may even be fun. Because the couples are connected in the heart, it's easy for them to accept the spontaneous event of rain, almost like with a playful spirit. It doesn't bother them. But if the same couple were walking outside and fighting and feeling frustrated and disconnected from each other, their attitude when the rain starts is very different. They see it as annoying, another reason to be frustrated. The difference between these two scenarios is only the perception of the rain. Seen from the heart, the rain is natural, spontaneous. Seen from the head, it's a frustrating problem. We've all been there. So how can you be in a state of heart connection all the time to keep a perception that is expanded in order to not let things bother you? The rest of the heart math solution steps will help you just to do that so that your life can be almost full of new possibilities because you're seeing things differently. You're seeing things with the heart. The second step is to reduce stress, which I know is easier said than done. When stress of any kind, whether it's physical, emotional, or mental stress is on the body, the heart's rhythm goes out of balance and can be seen on EKGs, actually out of balance. And yet when there's no stress, there's a flow to the body and mind where no energy is wasted. In this state, it's easier to do everything and thrive mentally, emotionally, and physically because literally the body's power is maximized. It's not lost in the stressful state. It's no longer wasted trying to survive the day or insufficient thoughts and reactions. The mind nor body have to struggle to keep focused and productive. But when in a stressed state, not only does the mind and heart struggle, but your hormones become imbalanced, the health and quality of your life are compromised. So what can we do about stress? Well, that's step three. Step three is to learn a technique called freeze frame. It's a simple five-step process that takes you out of the stress of the situation by creating a balance in your nervous system. The more balanced your nervous system is, the more efficient the brain works. Freeze frame is useful for making in-the-moment shifts in perception and attitude. When you need clarity to make a decision, big or small, or you need to reduce stress, Use the freeze frame to modify neurological impulses from the heart to the brain is how the technique works. So when you're feeling stressed, if you're in a stressful situation, if you're in a stressful conversation, or if you're just starting to get stressed out thoughts in your head, you have to first recognize you're getting stressed and then literally take a time out, walk away from the conversation And you really try to make a sincere effort to shift your focus away from the racing mind or the disturbed emotions to the area of your heart. You can pretend that you're breathing through your heart to help focus your energy in this area. Try to keep your focus in the heart for 10 seconds or more. 
that as you're breathing and concentrating on the heart, recall a positive, fun feeling or time you've had in your life and actually try to attempt to re-experience it. Then once you've shifted your thinking there, use your intuition, common sense, sincerity, and ask your heart what would be a more efficient response to the stressful situation. Step five of freeze frame is to listen to what your heart says in the answer to your question. It's an effective way to put your reactive mind and emotions in check. A way of not going down the rabbit hole, which we all tend to do at times. In this way, freeze frame helps manage your thoughts and reactions, thereby reducing your stress. Now, step four is all about managing your energy. In this key step, you develop a new awareness of how effective you are at using your mental and emotional energy. For this energy is a determining factor in the quality of our lives. Internal power translates into vitality and resiliency. You need to know that positive thoughts and feelings actually add energy to your body. An optimistic perspective, a feeling of gratitude, or a kind gesture are energy assets. Negative thoughts and feelings deplete our energy. Anger, jealousy, judgment are all energy deficits. We know it when we speak to people who can drain our energy because they're negative. By learning to observe our thoughts and feelings, you can learn where you are losing or gaining your energy or internal power. The HeartMath book has a wonderful worksheet to help you record and see where your mental and emotional energy is going, and it shows you where you can actually gain energy and make different choices. Now, step five is the ability to activate what is called the core heart feelings. There are many core heart feelings, including courage, love, patience, sincerity, forgiveness, compassion, appreciation, and non-judgment. All these feelings synchronize the heart's rhythm patterns and help the body. The main core feelings are appreciation, non-judgment, forgiveness, and care. These four feelings are the main ones because they are essential for all the other core feelings to unfold. Each core feeling has a powerful benefit. Through daily life, these feelings are usually random, but in this fifth step, is all about how to activate these feelings consciously and on demand to facilitate your own personal growth and happiness. It shows you how you can actually choose to appreciate more, choose not to judge, choose forgiveness, and to choose care so that these core feelings are no longer random, but something that we do on a daily basis. Step six is managing your emotions. So you have some emotions you want to cultivate, like appreciation, and you have others that you want to learn to manage so they don't get the best of you. Emotions can be intense and complex. Learning to manage them is really key to a healthy, happy life. Positive emotional states are rewarding, not only mentally, but to the heart, to the hormone system, to the immune system, while negative emotions drain these systems. For most of us, every day is an emotional roller coaster. So, unless we learn to manage our feelings and look at the root cause of them, 
by taking responsibility for our feelings and asking ourselves, you know, why do I actually feel this way? What is actually really triggering me? What is the real fear of what I am feeling? Unless we ask ourselves these questions, we'll continue to be on an emotional roller coaster our whole life. And we have our ups and we have our downs. By learning to manage our emotions, we can gain the ability to harness the power of the emotion and use the power in ways that can benefit us and our loved ones and not drain us. Step seven is care, but don't overcare. It's critical to learn the difference between care and overcare. Caring for ourselves and caring for others is an important ingredient to a healthy, rewarding life. Yet there's a fine line because caring can also be stressful. When we feel stressed, it's because our caring has gone into overcare. When the caring turns into a burden of responsibility accompanied by worry or insecurity or anxiety, that is overcare. Problems occur when we allow our care to drain us, including a lowered immune system, trouble sleeping, poor decision-making, and hormonal imbalance. I think we get stuck in situations where we don't even realize we are in overcare. When we learn to distinguish between the two, then we can make the choice to choose care and avoid overcare. Step eight is to learn and apply a technique called cut-through which is to help you manage your emotions and eliminate the overcare. Let's say you're concerned about a meeting at work. It's okay to be concerned, but if we are really emotional about it, if the concern easily becomes anxiety or even panic, I mean, that can cause a huge energy deficit. The scientifically designed cut-through method will allow you to stop experiencing emotions that create this incoherence that create this panic. By practicing the heart math solution, the goal is to learn when you're in stress and actually do something about it. We're so used to the day-to-day stressors that many of us don't even understand that we are being stressed out. Patients, when I ask them, what's your stress level? High, low, medium. You know, they might say, oh, medium. But when I test their body, their body's biofeedback is telling me that they're totally stuck in high stress and fight or flight mode. For the adrenals, which are the first organs to respond to stress, can go weak. So we're just so used to, we don't even realize when we're stressed out. So this step eight cut through technique helps us realize when we are stressed out and do something about it. Step nine is to learn how to do a heart lock in which you amplify the power of the heart. It's a way of quieting the mind to connect with the heart more intensely. Locking into that power adds energy back into your body. The book Heart Math Solution explains the scientific evidence on how this technique balances your nervous system and boosts your immune system. The heart lock takes about 5 to 15 minutes. I suggest doing this in the morning because when you spend this time strengthening your connection with your heart, it is easier to stay in contact with your heart intelligence and its intuitive messages throughout the day. So the three main tools of the heart math solution are the freeze frame, the cut through, and the heart lock-in. Freeze frame is used to manage the mind. 
cut through is used to manage the emotions, and the heart lock-in is used to reinforce the practice of these other techniques and to activate a deeper connection with that core heart feeling and heart intelligence. Using the heart lock-in daily is what's beneficial for improving the health, enhancing creativity, and experiencing more of your intuitive insight. It really can regenerate your system physically, mentally, and emotionally. Now, step 10 is the last step, and it's actually about actualizing what you already know. You take all that you've learned from the first nine steps and you apply that knowledge to different aspects of your life, personally, professionally, and socially. The book gives many examples of how others have used HeartMath Solution to improve their lives, their personal lives, their health, their families, which helps give you insight on how you can use the HeartMath as well. It's very inspirational. So those are all the steps. The formula is activating the heart intelligence plus managing the mind plus managing the emotions equals energy efficiency, increased coherence, enhanced awareness, and greater productivity. Now, we just have to learn how to apply that formula in our everyday life. I highly recommend reading the book, but if you just want the heart lock-in, the cutthroat, and the freeze-frame directions, I have worksheets in them in my office. So just ask me at your next visit. And I want you to know that every time you come in and I muscle test you, I always check the nervous system and look for that incoherence. It's actually the first thing I do on every patient, every visit is to test the nervous system to see if it's strong or if there's a disruption. If there is an incoherence, then I muscle test to see, okay, what toxin is interfering with the nervous system and why the heart and brain are having trouble communicating with each other. It could be due to a heavy metal toxicity, heavy chemical, a food that the patient is eating, or could be due to a bacteria or mold or another bug. Or maybe it's even scar tissue that interferes with how the nerves are firing and communicating with each other. The sixth stressor it could be is emotional, and that's where the heart math solution comes in. In my next podcast, I will talk to you about another way to handle your emotions using the Sedona method. Managing your emotions and emotional healing is just as important as detoxing the body and giving the body the right nutrition. To learn more on how stressful emotions affect our health, listen to my podcast called Your Body Speaks to You, Stress Reduction and Detoxing Stress. It's so important, mind, body, and spirit, that they are all connected.